Well, welcome back to the Limehouse podcast. We are in it, are we not? We are in it. What do I mean by that? I don't really know. I think what I mean by that is the summer. It's here. Oh, Jesus Christ. I um, We're here. And there's no getting away from it. It's a wonderful thing. I feel like, yeah, we're all still going through a bit of hell here, but we've got the sun and it's here and it's on my back and I feel good. I'm sat in the, uh, in the living room and Rosie's got a cone on her head and uh, Laura and Pearl have left um, you know nothing to do with, with Rosie and the cone or me in fact they've just they've just gone for a little bit left the city get out of the city that's what I say whilst you still can and um, I'm sat here relaxing I've just finished editing this week's podcast James Allen and and I I gotta say, I forget everything. I I know you're probably the same, but I forget ninety five percent of of all conversation that I have with people, unless it's directly about me. And that's just the way I am. I wouldn't say I'm like Larry David levels of narcissism, but I'm on that. Well, you know, curb your enthusiasm. I would say I'm like on the on the level of narcissism. I'm probably. 75% Larry David in Curb. So there you go. That's who you're dealing with. But I do wonder how you've been because I, I got an indication this week of how hard it's been for uh, some people out there. And I guess I've, I've stepped back a bit from talking about my own personal experience with the lockdown because I don't think I've had a bad experience. Therefore, not necessarily, oh, therefore, I, no one else is having a bad one. I just presume that maybe you didn't want to bang on about it you know because most of it is about escapism and I know that because I nearly every podcast I listen to when they do talk about lockdown it is it's a bit depressing I know I talk about it with my guests that's fine uh I just I hope you're doing okay though because I did get a little bit of an experience with it this week um, with someone close to me and I I've really felt their pain it was not pretty for them it's been really goddamn awful if you've got problems and then a lockdown comes along, the, the I don't know, how that is exacerbated is, is quite terrifying. And I just want you to know that there is light at the end of the tunnel and you do have the power to get out of this because although this is an extraordinary situation, this is going to put you mentally in a position that you, to, to deal with anything shit going forward you'll be able to say well i got through this and oh my god like I, two months two and a half months of being in an extraordinary pretty upsetting scenario and you've adapted yeah that's the other thing you probably would have realized is you've adapted so well to it and we all we all have and we all will do and i mean you know when the, I, I think when the queen this is ridiculous for me to talk about the Queen, considering I'm I'm on the fence about the royal family. But when the Queen did the whole, you know, we'll meet again thing in her speech, geez, feels like 10 years ago now. I did break down. My, I didn't have a proper sob, but there were tears. Definitely tears. But we will meet again, guys. Oh, yes. 
when the cricket pitches are full of cricket players, when football pitches are full of annoying, shouting men screaming about football, um, why, why, why sport? I don't know why sport. I mean, theatres, for Christ's sake. Just think about that. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. We have to believe in that. And in the meantime, we're going to learn to deal with this crap and, 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 and be better people. And also focus. What I what I kind of realised the last couple of days is just how much I love my daughter. It, it's a funny thing that I never really talk about because, again, British, don't really want to talk about my feelings. That would be wrong. Why, I have no idea. She's a little angel. I mean, we go out on these little country walks once a week, maybe twice a week, me and me and Pearl, Pearl and I, I never know which way to say it. And she's a wonderful, wonderful little ray of, of sunlight, you know, and I, I never even saw that coming. When she first turned up, you're in a world of extraordinary, what would you call it? Confusion, I suppose. You know, you have these people that go, well, I burst into tears when my daughter when my son was first born I just burst into tears it was the most amazing moment of my life I did not have that I had total confusion and one wonderful underlying joy of course but you take a while to adapt to it but I'd say the past six months slowly I've, I've become more and more I've fallen more and more in love with her it's amazing we read the snail and the whale together so I bought it in the hardback after having watched it about 50 60 70 80 times on the iPlayer, it's wonderful. It's amazing. If you, you know, if you are genuinely a little anxious, it's a great little story. Little snail getting on the tail of a great big blue humpback whale, sailing off around the world and showing the snail so much of the uh, crazy old world we live in. Oh God, warms the cockles. Anyway, and I'll just, I'll just be reading it to Pearl uh, for, before bed. And yeah, it, it's. You know what it is? It's one of those things where you say, that's traditional. That's what dads and mums and mums and dads, they all do it. They all read to their kids. But what, what they don't tell you is just how sometimes you do it out of duty and then sometimes you'll stop and you'll be in the moment and it will take your breath away. And I really, really have had that in the past few days. And I think that's sort of owing to the, the severity of lockdown and just how profoundly messed up this situation is in terms of thinking about your own moral, mor um, mortality the whole time not the whole time but it, it's there isn't it and I just think what kind of legacy am I leaving for this beautiful little angel in my life and I'd, I'd like to think that because I didn't have that with my dad you know all I remember of my dad my dad's legacy as much as I adore and love him would be a diary that he, he wrote when he was in Bhutan, when he was trekking in, in Bhutan, yonks and yonks and yonks ago, like 15 years ago, more, 17. And he, he kept this diary and I, my mum unearthed it the other day. And so I've been sort of, been a couple of months since I've been able to read it, but it, it just took me back again. And it was, um, it was amazing. But I thought that's the only legacy of, I, I have of my father. That and just after he died, I was like calling up his mobile phone and listening to his voice voicemail you know which was extraordinary that was a bit weird but I suppose that's what people do isn't it when they're when they lose their dad quite young in their life but yeah I and I suppose maybe one day yeah that people won't be listening to this podcast it'll be I don't know 40 years from now or something I'll be 
gone, uh, whatever, if I'm lucky. And little Pearl, uh, she'll want something to look back on. So in many ways, I'm going to start treating some of these episodes a little bit more like they're for Pearl and any other little, you know, kids that might come along and what have you in uh, out of this wonderful marriage. Anyway, I banged on now for about eight minutes. And uh, again, I have to say, I do find this uncomfortable talking about this. And I don't I don't know why. I think it is the self-indulgent aspect of it. But some of the podcasts out there, they're very free and easy with, with um, sharing about their personal lives. And I do share quite a bit in conversation. I know I do. But when I'm just sat here holding a fucking microphone and I'm looking at a kind of craft beer and a dog, I'm like, who the hell am I talking to? I don't know who I'm talking to. It's very strange. Anyway, if you feel any of what I'm talking about, please feel free to email me. And if you're struggling, we can talk about it. And, and or, you know, or not. You can just email me about what colour socks you wear. Uh, it's the Limehouse podcast at gmail.com. And, and also on Twitter, it's just Limehouse pod. Actually, yeah, Limehouse pod. God, funny old thing. So this week you're going to enjoy it because James Allen was the first possibly only guest I'll ever talk to that that's a platinum 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 selling um artists so we've got glass vegas absolutely they smashed it and i forgot how absolutely enormous they were at one point in in time not even that long ago and i i was i was there for the i would say the you know the formation of the wave and then the rise of it and oh my god what a band if you ever if you ever saw them live you'd know exactly what i'm talking about pure 100% incredible emotion songs to take i don't know take your soul out of your out of your body and uh give it a give it a hug perhaps i don't know but you'll you'll love it we talk about everything here there's an absolutely awesome story about his crossover from turning from a professional footballer, giving that up and turning into a professional musician. And it's quite a story. And he's such a fucking cool guy. Oh my God, what a genuine, genuine sweetheart. Real sincere and his proper music pedigree. If, if What do I mean by that? He knows his shit. You know, he's been there. He's He's been in the back of crappy, horrible tour buses. And, and also, you know from there all the way up to the to the top so you'll you'll enjoy it i hope you're doing well and, and i will speak to you soon next week is going to be um the novel idea yeah that's the new uh it's the new feature of the podcast we're trying it out see how it goes see what you think gonna have patricia highsmith up she's dead but we're going to talk about her with her official biographer, Andrew Wilson, who is a wonderful human being. If if you've got a spare few days, I suggest you catch up with some Patricia Highsmith. Hell, watch one of her incredible, you know, watch one of those films that was adapted to the screen. Carol is great. The Talented Mr. Ripley is in my top two favourite films, Alien being my favourite. And and then, of, of course, Strangers on a Train, which is... Wow. Actually, do you, know, do you know what? Two Faces of January isn't too bad as well. That's a pretty damn good film. Uh, Vigo Mortensen's in that. That's, that's worth checking out. So next week, it's going to be Andrew Wilson talking about the life and times of the one of the greatest novelists of her generation, Patricia Highsmith. I think you'll really enjoy it. 
he's got a hell of a story as well how he came across all her work and, and archives diaries and everything it's mind-blowing anyway look after yourself and if you haven't got anything better to do and you like craft beer this isn't the sponsor by the way Ugh, far from it a guy called uh, a brewery called mondo in battersea and you can get their pale ales i'm pretty sure what any you know anywhere these days but it is sizably bloody amazing i opened it thinking hey you know whatever whatever travel with your fancy artwork you're probably just the same as all the other ones how wrong i was I'll tell you on that note i'm gonna take this cheeky little pale ale outside sit on my roof and listen to tms and jonathan agnew a previous guest on the limehouse podcast you stay safe, stay sexy, stay classy. Hello, James. Hey, right, how you doing, mate? Oh, yes. Yeah, good. Yeah. Like, I just read this massive article um, on The Atlantic. Like, this, I don't know, my father-in-law sent it to me. It's like this fucking, it's, it's all of like half a 45-minute read. It's massive. It basically breaks down the problem in the United States at the moment. Trump and the fucking pandemic. So, yeah, great great fucking idea man read that just before bed slash well 7 30 yeah. at night or whatever do you know what i mean it's like no don't do it but i did it you know i'm trying to get like the full screen here and i'm taking like <laughs> i'm taking screenshots <laughs> which which is lovely to have maybe that'll be my new uh maybe that'll be my, my new like, wallpaper on my desktop yeah now. you know what man yeah. yeah it'll be like me and you mate yeah yeah exactly here's and i'll never i'll never ever change it yeah yeah um what what t-shirt you got on there? Um, it, it actually looks quite it looks bad for, but it's actually quite an innocent. It's a it must be some like you know like motorway uh, like uh, road stop uh, diner thing oh, in America. Yeah, I think it's in America or like Australia or something. Yeah. called called Isle of Charlie. Oh right, yeah, <laughs> which could be probably interpreted quite a few different ways but man depending on depending on which state you go through do you know what i mean i've got a pair of shorts on as well that's uh qantas you've got it's the flight company called qantas oh, and um i'm familiar with that i work. think that's australia and uh it's quite weird because i don't know if you've ever flown with them but it's like john travolta comes on at the beginning it's like a little video and it's john travolta comes in he's like the, the pilot he's like got the, the outfit and all that on and it's like you know, it's like, hi, I'm John Travolta. <laughs> I fly with Qantas, not, and it was like, yeah. this is so psychedelic, man. Yeah, I mean, like, doesn't he have that thing that the he has the thing with the uh, watches as well, John Travolta, right? Is it? Yeah, is yeah, yeah. I don't know some watch brands because he's a pilot as well. So Aye. you know, him and Bruce, Bruce, is it Dickinson from um, Iron Maiden? You know. Big flyers, oh, big flyers, uh, man. These guys with money. Me, you've made that, isn't it? Yeah, I'm, but you know, I'm a bit of a, a weird guy. Um, yeah, I like. I basically um, worked out that because our our this has come about because I've basically um, I've sort of had um, I don't know what do you call it a connection with you guys via Twitter via Six Music because Tom Tom Robinson played Geraldine and it just fucking stopped me in my tracks. I was like. I haven't heard this song in a, in a long time and in the context it was in. Me too. Uh, yeah, really, yeah, I know, I bet, yeah. And I was like, fucking hell, man. It just completely stopped me. And I was like, I tweeted it and you guys liked it. And I was like, fucking hell, Las Vegas, that'd be fucking amazing to talk with those guys. Like, like and, and then I started remembering, like, you guys played at the Boiler Room in Guildford, like, I don't know how many fucking years ago, maybe like 
13 years ago, 14 years ago. Uh, and I think I... Was the year I interviewed this, was it? No. That, I, I did interview you there, yeah. Yeah. Was that the one that was after the gig? Yeah, it was after the gig, but that was a very long time ago. I, was that you? That, I remember that. Yeah, I, I, I was well, off my face. I remember that, thing because I remember um, it was a guy called Dennis Hopper's Choppers that supported us, and I liked him. He was good. Yeah, yeah. He was really, I'm sure that was who it was that was playing me that night. I'm, I'm sure it was. Wow, that's... Or oh, maybe, maybe I'm wrong, actually. I'm not sure, but anyhow, I think, and that was just before we recorded the first album, wasn't it? It was, man, yeah, because I remember when the first came, album came out, I was like, you know, I've been watching these guys for like ages now. You know, this is this is almost like old news to me, you know? I was like, I got all the, I got, like, I was going to go up in the attic and get out some of the seven inch vinyl that I got. Um, man, I was a fucking fanboy, man. I mean, I didn't like, didn't like follow you around the, the UK or anything, but I definitely liked every freaking gig and everything. And then I had this vague memory of just like, just being like totally blown away by you guys because of your, your live show. It was, it was, it was like tiny, tiny little boiler room in Guildford, but it was like fucking epic, huge stadium show, but it was a tiny venue. It was extraordinary. Was that like, yeah. I mean, was that your intention back in then, those days? Or was that just like, just, it just happened? Uh, no, I'm, I think that, I think that we were quite lucky, uh, lucky enough to just understand what, what our personalities are, what my taste is, what my personality is, and and finding your voice, which is a lot, a lot involved in that. And I think that they sound like quite simple things, but I think no matter, even if it's out with music, um, you know, to be able to, if it's like your everyday life and different jobs, if if you're able to feel comfortable enough and confident enough just to be yourself, um, it kind of, it seems to work out pretty good I mean, when you do that and it sounds like such a simple thing but I, th and I think for artists as well there's um because it's it's not like a specific this is the this is a take a left here and take a right and then keep there's no specific you know see there's a there's a lot of it's quite there's a lot of uncertainty then i think and it's yeah that can be really quite confusing for any artist but i th I think for us, it didn't really feel. Everything felt quite familiar. Mm. You know what I mean. Yeah. Um, I don't know how that happens. It's maybe bad luck and and just a bit of a bit of just you know, uh, no fearlessness because I wouldn't describe it as fearlessness. It was just a bit of curiosity, and you just jump into the deep end and yeah. you be yourself, kind of thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Man, I was just like, how much dry ice can one band use i was like is there a legal oh, is there a legal capa capacity here it's like i mean it was fucking incredible back in those days man because you've got to remember like little pokey little guildford it, it pretty much sums up loads of, of towns up and down the uk um when a band like glass vegas or whatever comes to town or not whatever i mean like jesus back back in those days it was like there were quite a few awesome bands that were kicking around but when you guys rocked up and playing daddy's gone it's like fucking hell <laughs> the, this is this is the boss man because i i was massively into like um jesus and mary chain and all the phil Spector, like the 
big, big, big sounds. Mm. And you guys just put like a rocket up it. Do you know what I mean? And uh, and it was just like, oh, that's that's what I want to do. That's what I want to do, you know? Um, yeah. And it, it's, it's just to be able to communicate like that. Um, I, I guess you got that a lot from your fans, a lot of like over the build up, you know, crescendo to the release of the first album, a lot of, a lot of love. Um, yeah. I mean, what's that like, man? Was that, was that hard to deal with? Is that cool? It must be amazing. But then Jesus, after the gigs and the come down and all that kind of thing, you know? I get maybe it is in your own and your own narcissistic or like I don't know like way that you, you it's quite confusing in a way that you, your life changes and 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 in the way that when you grow up um, you're much much more anonymous or invisible and you don't feel like that's the way it should be, but that's the way it is. And the things that people complain at you, like, you know, they say, James, stop daydreaming, stop blah, blah, blah. And that's all the way through your childhood. And then you, I can't really change. So I just, I'm still like a kind of daydreamer and kind of, and then I'd, I'd start writing the songs that I, that I wrote. And, mm. and then people would say, oh, that's, that's good. You're in the newspaper, keep, keep daydreaming. And it's, it, I think, it's no that I don't know how much you you probably change along the way. I think that things can can become you can become more enlightened with things, but you can become a little bit more lost in what your image of yourself is, or what your the things that you value and stuff can become a bit more like warped. But that's just part of living life, and it's the same for anybody. You know what I mean? Um, well, I mean, you know, if you're not everyone gets a an album that goes platinum, but uh, you know, I, I know what you mean. I know, and, and for that, for that, yeah, I would just, you know, I've been really, really lucky. I mean, because the things that back then, uh, the confusing thing also is that it's like, okay, your perception of what you do, you there's something inside you that that feels this is right, and I've, I, I can, I can, you can't really measure. Uh, like quality when it comes to art and music, but you can you can feel and sense that when something feels right, mm. and it really felt like more right than anything else in my life. You know what I mean? So I could feel that. But then sometimes when the band would come to practice, and I was unemployed at the time, so I would be um, like writing the songs during the day and that, and watching like the Wonder Years or something, and. And then I would record a demo and then we would go and play the song with the band. And I remember thinking sometimes that I thought I felt quite guilty because I felt like I was wasting their time in a way because, say, Paul was tiling at the time. He was tiling bathrooms. So Paul, Paul is the... Um, Bass player. For, your, for the reference of everybody listening, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. Hi. Um, you know, I don't even need to say his second name. It's like... Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like he's so famous, man. It's just call him, you call him Paul. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, um, it's no McCartney. It's just it's Paul Duncan. Um, but I, I think that, and I remember looking at Paul and stuff like that, and Paul was probably quite like not tired, but tired or whatever. And then, and I was just thinking, we were playing the song "Daddy's Gone" in the practice room that night. So I just wrote the song, and I remember thinking, like, um. It's not that I don't believe in what I'm saying. That is my truth, and and it feels right for me. Mm. But I don't just assume that this is going to feel 
the exact same way for every, everybody else. And if anything, because there wasn't really a um, that 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 wasn't really it wasn't it was different. And because it was different, I would just you know maybe think more like, well, it's what I believe in, but I don't really I don't imagine this is what other people are going to want to um, listen to. Yeah. And uh, so I, I felt like if they were working with it, and I'm writing these mad songs, but I can't do anything else. It needs to cut. This is the only thing I can do. But I mean, but also putting yourself I, out there. Like I mean, I mean, I've, I, yeah, I've been in in bands and stuff, and and been in band practices, and I've written a song about um, fucking hell, man. I wrote a song called Dead Dad Gang, which is actually a very upbeat, kind of like almost quite. Um, poppy not poppy but like it's got that whole spectry thing any fucking hell whatever um man when i you know when i took that to band practice i was very much like you know the chorus is you're in the dead dad gang now it's like fucking hell man like when i took that to the guys i was like what are they gonna say here like this is fucking morbid <laughs> shit and like but it, it but it like you were saying you know it felt like it was good like it was coming from somewhere that it needed to come from um, and like you said, you, you know, you haven't got a filter, right? You're just using your own filter internally as a songwriter. But when you're bringing like Daddy's Gone to or Geraldine to the to band practice, what is it like after the first jam of the song when you've played it to them or whatever? They're like, fucking hell, this is good actually. This is really good. Um, I they were they were always their reaction was always uh, like super. Um, positive and I remember I remember when we I made a wee demo that's uh, one shooting heart makes me cry so we, Paul came down to pick us up at the house and Rab was in the motor and I remember when we played this song we were playing the song and I remember the part uh, at Glasgow where we got to when it was the end of the song because I, I, I remember their reaction was was always positive but this time it was like I never knew them, and they, they never knew me. It was like uh, it was if, like the reaction was that real that it was just like an audience listening to it that had no reason to like it, but they were moved by it. You know what I mean? And I, and I could feel that genuinely. I, and I was probably a bit surprised, but happy, but no surprised as well. I think that's a part. Of it. I think we any any things that happened with the band, it was like. I was watching this um, documentary about like the Chicago Bulls. I was watching about it earlier, mm-hmm. and it was um, something on Netflix. And it, there was a part that was talking about it was Michael Jordan, then through some of the other guys, and the guy Pippen, the big defender guy for the Chicago Bulls, and it was like it went to him when he got drafted, and it was just like so. A year, if you thought a year ago if this would happen, and he was just like. Oh, I'd have thought somebody was joking. I'd, I'd have thought somebody was just playing a trick on me. Bullshit. Yeah. Fucking bullshit. You never knew exactly what was going to happen. You never knew it was going to be Chicago. But there's no fucking way, man, that you never pondered the possibility of this. Because, one, the, when you're dreaming, when you're dreaming, when you're, when you're, when you're, when you're on your own, you're, you're, and plus he'd been playing fucking amazing anyhow, and he was a standout. You know, when he was younger, yeah, yeah, he wouldn't actually, he wouldn't consider the possibility of these things happening, or think there was a because you've got to have some kind of. So I think even with other people connecting, 
it's like if you split it right down the middle, half of you is just like, what the fuck? How, how would anybody even have spend the time a day to stop and have any, you know, uh, curiosities to what I'm when there's, when there's been so many, you know, great records and all that, and then the other half it half of half of me is like, um, is 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 I'm not surprised because this is the way I dreamt it. This is the way when I was dreaming about, like you know. It's not so much you personally being um, praised. It's almost like uh, the songs is being praised, and you you care for the songs because you know you 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 carry these things around and you play these things, and that's the thing. I think that there's never been a time where anybody's complimented the band, and I've took it personally. Mm. You know what I mean? Uh, and I yeah so. It's uh, it's like that. <laughs> yeah, no, man, that's that's an awesome way of describing it. Like, I, I, I completely know where you're coming from. But I mean, like for me, um, def- definitely like hearing. I mean, I mean I keep, if, I think, if I think about John Lennon, if I think about Lennon, imagine. Yeah. You know, there's a. It's like the guy wrote the song. The guy was. It's almost like he was. He was the radio picking up the signal. But the signal, but the you know, it's there's no like it's John Lennon. He, but but yeah, I I but I but I love Lennon. You know what I mean? But yeah, yeah, yeah. but he's just a part of the thing. You know what I mean? And so I think if anything, there's always a part of you that just feels like you just feel it's nice that it's nice to be a part of something that a few other people could uh, connect with and and connect with in a way that feels quite. It's more like they're turning up for for a party and then there's a hangover. Right. Yeah. They think that it's like it's like uh, it's like more like going either going to like chapel or something. But it's like a it's, it's this feels like a different because you know what I mean. Music can be received in many different ways. That's how Springsteen you know I mean? like, describes it, man. Like yeah, definitely. Um. So. That it feels it feels nice, man. Yeah. It feels nice. And again, for anybody in bands and anybody that's artists, you know, I, I think that um I think that we were we were quite naturally in the moment, whatever moment that was, whether it was when Yusin was playing, we were talking to or when it was like the when we first practiced the songs. Mm. When we were actually practicing, let's say Daddy's Gone, I remember feeling like it was a it was just a strange. It was like the the air was moving, and it was like things were moving in real time. But it was almost like things were moving in slow slow motion. Or it was like a weird. And that is when things click, and when that light, when the torches, is on that song. That's why people like uh, are drawn to rock and roll and being in a the idea. A simple thing: one, two, three, four, or whatever. How many people they stand with a piece of wood with some strings on it. They make a noise, and when it, when it when and it doesn't even need to be technically that, that that everything needs to be so tight. I just mean when the right feeling is there and the torch is shining on that song, then there's something magic that happens. And and I think that anybody that's that loves music would understand what I'm talking about. You know, because even if you listen to music, there's a time when you think when you've listened to a song, and if you try to explain it to somebody all the events that was happening around about that song in your life and what that meant in that moment. 
it was something that, that there's no other um, vehicle of art or medium that could take you to that place. You know what I mean? Fuck yeah. Yeah, mate, that's... Uh, yeah, you put that brilliantly. That's just absolutely amazing. Like I just that's exactly that's, that's exactly how I feel. I can I can like there are a few moments in my life like I can definitely um say time to stood still. Like um go square go, right? Um mm. I can remember going off my fucking tits to that song. Not cuz I was <laughs> pissed or whatever, just because of the like you've got it's for me it's like Geraldine and uh, Daddy's Gone and what have you they're doing the ground the, the most amazing groundwork and then you get the Go Square Go releases you into this stratosphere of like fucking mayhem like and, and just you're just letting yourself completely go and and then you know you're in it when you talk about the light of rock and roll shining on on you or the band or whatever as, as you know or the audience member it's like everything does slow down you know and you do allow your if you're lucky you're you're allowed to remember that moment you know uh mm-hmm. like but with you guys it's from the moment you take the stage you know you guys are like you take the stage like you're leaving the stage you take it so slowly and it's like <laughs> here we go you know you come on with your <laughs> fucking shades you look like mr fucking cool and there's no like it's like jump into a swimming pool i think yeah i, I would when i think about the band if i could think about it in any kind of short explanation it feels like running and jumping into a swimming pool and when you hit that water then everything goes like slow and but there's pressure yeah because it's the water but there's a thing anyhow what? but it's funny when you're talking about the, the the dry ice i was like i remember back to like the early gigs and I, uh, one of the things that i that i remember bursting out laughing at was our step uh, well our man our man, manager is like um it's two well, three people now but um, back in the day, it was only two. So one of them, Dean, Dean, so the, you know what I mean? The bit like kind of different tasks that he'd be doing other than managing. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. he'd be coming around the road and he would be like, selling the merch or whatever. Right, yeah, yeah. And he would be the guy that would be looking after like the, the smoke or whatever, the, the dry ice on the, st- the fog on the stage. And uh, I'd forgot about this until you spoke about that there. But, uh, but he was selling the merch one night. And uh, I think he'd left the button running on the smoke. <laughs> so, so it was like somebody was like, somebody he said that he, he was giving somebody their change back for a t-shirt, and then he had to like he had to like stop giving them the money. And he says he was like, oh shit, I, I need to. I need to and he, pre- he he says he leaned over and pressed the button to stop the smoke on the stage, and whoever was buying the t-shirt was just looking at him like. <laughs> What the fuck's going on here, man? <laughs> this is like this is pure ramshackle. This is like you know what I mean. It was it wasn't very uh, it wasn't very exotic or like you know feel like glamorous and then like you know what I mean. But what because like whenever I think about you guys, I'm quite lucky. Um, I've got a really kind of awesome era of my life that I can I can talk about many many bands I went to see, but like they were all in such small fucking venues, the sweat dripping off the ceiling. Can you remember like? those days back in the day when it really started to kick off like can you remember like the first gig like you ever had where this where it did kick off like with the, for the first time and you, you daddy's gone or, who, or Geraldine or whatever really connected with the audience for the first time yeah um I, I, I can remember it just like uh, little different memories or different uh, gigs around about the, that time you know and the things like uh 
um, it, it seemed to be quite quite quick that it was um, things like was different. You know, it was almost just like we started together the band and nobody was aware of the music or anything, and, and then people were. It seemed to be quite quick. I don't know if that's just the way that I've remembered it or no, but mm. um, but um, but. No, uh, it was just like a, like a, I'm trying to think here, there's, there's a bunch of things I was just thinking of, but um, I think that um, playing, when we played uh, Geraldine, um, I remember that, just feeling the first time we played it, I remember, even though people, it was the first time people heard it, it was like, maybe this is just in my own kind of mind or whatever, you know what I mean, but I remember feeling like, I knew it felt right, and even the people that had never heard the song, everybody, we knew, they knew it as well. Yeah, you know, what I mean? and it was just like nothing, nothing was going to. Even though it was unique, and it, it really wasn't. There wasn't a, an example of this is what you should do to connect with people, and this is how you do it to get signed and to get it. There wasn't that template for the thing that we done. So there shouldn't have been that. There shouldn't have been that sort of a like you know, self-assured way of train of thought, but mm. but um, but it, because it was just, it was just, it was, um, it had the light in it, you know what I mean, so much that it didn't matter what, 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 if this was a thing that was normally selling or no, yeah. this is was going to, this is the way it was going to happen and it was going to get down like this and it was going to work out and this is how it was going to go, you know what I mean, it was like, you just felt it. You know? Man, well, because like for me, when I there are a few things when I first heard you guys, I'm sure I wouldn't be alone in this. Like the um, the backing vocals, uh, that um, incredible kind of like Frankie Valley Four Seasons, that kind of really amazing um, falsetto in the background. That's I've, mm-hmm. I've always wanted to ask you this: um, <laughs> where like when that fucking hits, man? Like when that when those saw in the back of the song. When you first heard that in the recording studio, I mean, like, I'm I'm dreaming here that you say like, "Oh my god, goosebumps and all that." But was it was it like fucking hell, man? Those um, the song Geraldine, yeah, or just any any song uh, where you guys uh, use backing vocals, like I I th- the way they were meant to be used, you know? I I think that um, well, rap does a lot of them, yeah, and and it just it's funny because. Um, it just sometimes if I've not enough time, then I put them down. But there's just something that's uh, when he does it, mm. just more spe- it's more special. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and if sometimes if I've tried to put down a bass part or a guitar part, it's the same thing. You know, I put it down, and it's it's um, it's no it's just better when when they do it. It's just much better, which. <laughs> Which, which I'm glad it's like that, but you know I, what I mean? I'm, glad. I'm like talking about like the chemistry of it. Because whenever I'm recording, I do recording. Well, not not for like, I haven't done any recording for like fucking 10 years. But when I used to, it was always the BVs that used to get me. Like, absolutely. You know, I mean, obviously yeah. there's that massive wall of sound you have. And then for me, mm. it's just, you know, all those kind of fucking things. <laughs> I, I haven't warmed up, okay, you know, whatever. But, like... <laughs> I was just, I always used to, they used to get me. Then the vaccines um, obviously came along, not that long after you guys, I don't think. And then they were doing it as well. And fucking hell, mm-hmm. you know, I had two of my favorite bands like doing these 
And I was it was like, the same guy that signed us that, that signed the vaccines. Yeah, okay, well, that makes sense. I think he, signed, he only signed a few bands, but I think that uh, we were the two bands that he signed. I, yeah. but, um, but I am friends with the bass player as well, and I'm nice, nice guys. But um, I, I mean, a lot of the 50s music. and That's what I'm driving at. You know, really, yeah. It's like, I saw, like, well, it's a lot of my favourite music is music for the 50s and early 60s. Mm-hmm. Um, and it always, it really always has been, even since I was a young boy, you know what I mean? Like, um, it would normally be, I wouldn't really be aware of who the artist was, but it would normally just be through, like, um, me and my sister watching Stand By Me so many times, and it would be all the music for the 50s that would been Stand By Me and all that, and she used to always laugh when I, so I used to always do, like, that, an impression of, which I never knew at the time was Buddy Holly. So he sings every day in that movie. So I'd always like sing that and then do the wee kind of hiccup sound that he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, she would always, it would always make her laugh. So, but, um, but I just love, um, I love a lot of 50s music. And I think that I, it's good. I mean, I, it's my favourite music, I would say. Like Bobby, Bobby Fuller, you know, I Fought the Law. Jesus, man, like, I, I put that on every single mixtape I've ever made in my <laughs> life, like that. And when, like, I suppose what I'm getting at is, like, the connection I felt with you guys and then perhaps the vaccines earlier, I was like, well, that's what I should have been doing. I was dicking around trying to make these, I don't know, indie hi-hat drum beats, you know, and, like, fucking sound like the Strokes, when all I should have been doing is just... Just that, that's maybe what I was meaning earlier on about mm. like it sounds like such a simple thing so you know if you start a band and then and there's all these other things for any artist I think that, that, that and sometimes the more you know as well it's like all this stuff can cloud um, where what direction you think you should go in to like get to your personal kind of truth you know what I mean and something that you're you're going to be able to lose yourself in, you know. What I mean that it's not that isn't an easy, an easy thing to to, to do, you know what I mean. But do you know are people lucky enough to do that? That's the absolute. Your own personal truth is literally the that is the phrase that I've kind of been looking for, because that is your music, isn't it? Like mm. it's so fucking true. It's so. I think that's what I felt. I, was tr- I forgot to. Uh, when with Daddy's Gone, it's like fuck me, man. They've named this song Daddy's Gone. That's ballsy. What the fuck's this about? Men, men don't talk I, about I, this shit. What the fuck's this? Know. You know what's going on here? And I was like, totally. I think I even think that because there's enough distance between me and her and me when I wrote the song, which I never knew at the time. But I think uh, when I think back to then as well, it's uh, it's it's. With things like that, it was, I was, I mean, if you look at, I mean, what the fuck, I mean, if you look at Van Gogh, right, so on, on an extreme, an, an extreme example of somebody who can sit down and move the, the fucking thing away to, to, to say, well, what's my personal truth? And that's an extreme example of somebody who can do that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Really, really fucking do that. Yeah. And this is his. This is his truth, definitely. And I think that when anybody does that, um, people probably don't advertise that enough. As, 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 as the, this is a good way to go, man. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, but, uh, but I think for anybody, it's like just the old simple thing with being yourself. But I mean, with, with songs that Daddy's gone at, it's like I think that with your own. But sometimes as well with your own. With your personal truth, there comes a price as well, but the price is definitely worth it. And the price can be, you know, actually 
letting people look into your heart a bit and and then you put you're showing your heart you know what i mean or whatever and i think that can be a wee bit you know scary it's you're naked you know what i mean so mm. and i think that there's also the part where you you don't want anybody to receive the music in the song and feel like you've made them feel bad about anything either so i think there's been guilt and stuff like that for me all the years yeah. even thinking about how daddy's gone started it only started through like me walking home and then it was like half an hour when I get in the when I get in the house and I had the words and all that when I was walking home and I was like trying to rush to get home so I could write it all down and then that half an hour was like uh, it's it's that half an hour that never really happened because you snap out of this thought and then the papers get ink on it and then it's like something there's a missing half an hour that went somewhere and you don't even know where then you make a song, the, the the song sort of grows arms and legs, and then other people connect to it, and then you're thinking, shit, what have I done? Because I I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings with what I've said. You, but Where do you think that comes from? Where does that come from, James? Like that? that... Uh, I think it's just... Man, I don't, I, I don't know. It's, I, I, I'd need to have a think about that. I don't know. You, but you, I, after all these years, you you kind of like you've got this like link. Clearly, you've got this link to like a mo. You know this this honesty that you put down on the paper, and then this this also this guilt or not this guilt, but this idea that maybe your honesty is going to upset someone else. Like, uh, where do you think? I, I don't, where do you think? That, I don't think. And then there was parts that I think the song changes in time. Like the picture that you see when you sing the song every night, it changes. And I think it would change for being guilty. Mm. To then in time, I would actually become more like uh, the picture would change, and I would become more like, like looking at myself, like what the fuck we, like who was I to write a song like that? I see, yeah. About somebody else, and that was na- I was being naive because maybe it was I being self righteous, or was I being and and then and then there's other times now where it seems to have been it seems to be more tranquil, more calm now when I'm singing it and emotionally because because I've understood that that was a that was just a moment in time where it was like when an afternoon you. You documented some thoughts and made a song, made it into a song, and then other things, other things happened. That song went out there, and do you know what? It wasn't that. That's how I felt that afternoon, or that's how, um, that's how it was. And I don't really, I, I see it in a in a better way. I think. Yeah. Now. Yeah. But I mean, you know, that was that was a, that was a time ago. Do you know what I mean, man? I'm 38. You're what, like, you're 40, right? So it's like that's well, that's what I'm saying yeah. about well, you can say that your personal truth, but that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. you can, it doesn't. It comes at, at, at it comes at, at, at cost, but then if you you want to express something that 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 isn't your truth, that comes at a much bigger price. I think, you know what I mean, a different kind of price. If you don't, if you're not able to feel the the belief in yourself to 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 be yourself yeah so i guess my point is be yourself yeah whether it's music or non-music because although you might trip and there's a price to pay you know there's a bit much bigger price in the long run just if you're no if you're if you're if not you're, being yourself if you're faking it yeah definitely i, I think so yeah. 
And I think that these are questions that everybody's probably had to, you know, ask themselves in, in different ways in their life. It's different in different times, you know what I mean? Mate, it's, yeah, fuck, it, fuck me, yeah, absolutely. I'm like, I'm reading, yeah, I'm reading a book at the moment, um, called stoner by a guy called john john williams and um it's it's about uh you you'd fucking love it man i'm gonna send you a copy somehow it's it's yeah. right up your street it's like it's yeah and anyway like it does talk a lot about you know it's it's about um it's about a guy in the midwest basically who comes from a farming community i'm doing a, a podcast in a in a couple of days with a guy who wrote a book about the book and and basically it's fucking it's so intense it's got, it takes on all kinds of aspects of life but essentially you know what it boils down to is yeah you know truth um learning how to live with all that um and also just like this paralysis as well like inability to stand up for himself and everything around it you, you're gonna fucking love this book man it's it's <laughs> so amazing but I'm a, I'm actually a quite a but I'm a, a really slow reader. Yeah, well, mate, welcome to my world. My fiance, she normally would read a chapter or something at night yeah. when we're going to sleep or whatever. And um, but because I'm just when I'm when I read myself, it's like I get two lines and I and then I'm like shit. I, 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 I lose my way in it. Yeah. So, but so I've heard her reading a few books out now. Yeah. It's funny, Rod, if it's normally if it's an autobiography or whatever, you know what I mean. And it's like it, it's I like it because it it's like it gives you a different perspective on the on the on the story. Like if it's something that's supposed to be aggressive or macho and really quite, uh, you know what I mean. But when she's reading it in her voice. You, if you're reading it, if you're reading it with your eyes, and it's like um, the, the, you can hear the guy's in, macho voice internal, in your head, yeah, so you, you you shape that whatever he's trying to tell you, you shape that into something. But when she's reading it, it strips away any the costume, and you're only left with the actual words that he's saying, and, and it's it's a lot more like uh, the whatever he's saying is a lot more naked then. Yeah, you're able to work out it's bullshit or not, oh, or it's, yeah. or if it's driven by this, or if it's driven by that, or because you've no get that costume in the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you mean, man. Yeah, audio books are the way to go as well. If you if you're working outside like me, and I do I do that, I do, I do that as well. Where I, yeah. I like to hear somebody's voice. But yeah, well, I'll forward you a link to it. I won't have to buy it for you. Though. Right. I'm a cheapskate. Um, <laughs> no, I, I'm not. I just spend all my money on booze. That's that's the thing. All craft beer and shit. You know. So if you what, so you've got a lot of bo like boozers and stuff around about like where do you live? What boozers? Yeah, like different. Where do you live now? I, I live in Sydenham in southeast London. Um, oh, you in London, right? Yeah, near, yeah. near Crystal Palace. Um, so yeah, I mean, like just struggling with the. I'm not really struggling with the pubs being shut, man. I don't know about you, but I'm not. I just don't. I'm, I'm not like I. I am. It would be great to be down a fucking pub. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not. It's not like affecting me in a big way. It's like when they stopped the football. I, I thought it would affect me. It hasn't affected me. You know. That's affected me the football. Well, of course I, it fucking has, man. I, 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 I miss. I know. So I, you can. I, I know Neil Lennon, the Celtic manager, said maybe people will appreciate it more when it comes back. And I'm like, I don't need to appreciate it fucking more. It's like. <laughs> Give me, I miss it. Give me my foot. <laughs> man, because I, I did. How, how long have you got left, man? How long? How much more time can you give well, me? Well, the lasagna's in the oven. Is the lasagna in the oven? Hi, it's 
It's not burnt. Right. We don't think lasagna is burnt yet. Okay. Well, I don't know. I don't know what that means in time, but okay. Um, I've just yeah. I had an early supper. Um, you don't need to know that, do you? Um, I no, I do. This is the thing. Yeah. This is the thing because this is what I would prefer to talk to you about because it's like it's um, although man, you know, if I never got compliments, then I would be like, I want some compliments and all that. Yeah. And I'm just generally in my life, but but really, when you get when when you're talking about yourself, you're talking about the thing that you it's. It's not really a natural. I know it's weird, it, isn't it? it? Makes, I know, I know exactly. It, it makes you feel a bit like it's, it's not, it's, it's not right. It is. You know fucking, what I mean? I've managed to hear what you've been having for your dinner. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I can't, so did you make it? Yeah. No, you make no. It? My, my 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 wife, my wife got it. Um, it was Sainsbury's actually. Normally she cooks and she's fucking incredible at cooking, man. She's like. <laughs> She 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 cooks so well. It I don't, I can't even articulate it because I'm not I'm not very good with food. Do you know what I mean? And like I know that I'm a gardener. I go outside and I work. And this sounds like I'm a fucking old school. I come home from work and I want my fucking food on the table. All right, you know it's it's what is it? Steak Wednesday. Where's my fucking steak? You know that kind of. Thing. Like, it's not that's not me, man. Like you know, but she 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 loves cooking. So it's amazing. It's I'm so spoiled. You know, no. but um, but sometimes there's different little routines that there's be different things that maybe you would do more of and like your your partner would do more of and all that. You know what I mean? And so I wouldn't see it like that. But we also but, share like the childcare as well, man. Like so, I'll come home from work and I'll take Pearl, our daughter. She's like a year and a half off 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 her hands. Or like when there was the pre lockdown, you know, she was come. I was coming home from work looking after the daughter for my daughter for a couple of maybe two or three hours and taking her to daycare and stuff. So. Uh, I'm I'm justifying my own laziness here, aren't I? Just because I said my wife does all the <laughs> cooking, like I'm trying to fight my way. Out. I'm trying to fight my way out of a corner. Um, yeah, that that's that's all I've been doing all the way through this podcast is trying to justify my laziness. Oh yeah, yeah, right. I've been doing the same thing. Yeah. I've been doing the same thing. Yeah. Trying to disguise. Um, I, I there are two points I just want to ask you about because I I've always, I've always I've, I love football, right? Obviously, mm-hmm. not obviously, but you know I do. Um. You can guess if you can guess who I support, then I will definitely buy that copy of Stoner. If you right, it's better. So, so we we met you at the at the where was it? The boiler room, did you say? Yeah, the boiler room, Guildford. So, is that Stoke? No, no, Guildford South. Sorry, sorry, darling. Can't you tell from sorry? Oh, yeah, can't. So, right, what team is it? A London team? No, it's not. No, is it a is it a team like? Like, is it like uh, north or south? It's, or? it's on it's on the southern borders, the southern area of the UK. Southampton. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Southampton. Yeah, it's, yeah, it is Southampton. But frankly, thank fuck you said Saints to start with because Pompey just Jesus Christ, you know. But you've 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 played for like fucking every team in Scotland, like you know. I played. I played for like a few. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I retired when I was like, I think I was about twenty-five yeah. when I retired. Um, like you are well, lazy, Jesus Christ, man! <laughs> I was, to be fair, I was, I was asked not to come back. So you could say <laughs> my reti- my retirement was uh, was basically kind of like encouraged. What what you know? what were you doing? Were you like beating players? I, just wasn't, I wasn't. To be honest, I, I wasn't really playing that well, and it was um, it was a guy who I was who I'd known for a few other teams that I played for. He managed the, the team Dumbarton, mm. and. Um, I'll tell you this actually. Um, I, I played for Stirling Albion. It just, you know, things were. It just wasn't meant to be. 
And I'll tell you why it was not It was things like, I was playing for Stirling Albion, so I was Dumbarton wanted to sign me. Uh, and there was a guy that was at Dumbarton that Stirling Albion wanted. So me and him get swapped for each other. So, you know, he went to, and the first game that we played was against, so I was went, I went to Dumbarton, and Dumbarton were playing still in Albion on the Saturday. Right, yeah. That other guy scored two fucking goals <laughs> <laughs> that I get swapped for, right? And, um, and I hardly touched the ball, right? <laughs> so, so then, about fast forward like six months or whatever, and um, and my, one of my best pals, Harry, he's been a lifelong Dumbarton fan. So when I went there, he was like, "Oh, this is going to be amazing! All that, this is it. This is it. This is going to work out. This is going to be amazing." And it was just really, you know, you, with things like football or like the music and all that, you can, you cannot be in third gear. Mm. You need you need to be you need to you just need to give it everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and even you and th- the game will just pass you by. People who might not even have the same vision or ability, you know, they they'll just fly past you because they they want it. They're, they're, and I think that at that point it was just. And I remember when the manager, I was at the back of King Tut's a venue in Glasgow, but I gig that night, and the manager was like, "Look, don't come back." And I was like, "But I'm under contract until like the end of the season." And he's like, "But I need to free up a space in the squad to bring in another player." And I was just like, he says, what, why do you know what I go, but I can get you another team. Other teams want to sign you. And I said to him, but but I don't know the players and then I need to walk in and then I don't know anybody. And he was like, you fucking joking. The reason why you're not wanting to leave is because you're, you don't know any of the other players <laughs> in the team. He was like, yeah, you need to fucking leave, man. And I, but I'm, I was too shy. I, I always felt really, it took me a while to get to know the this is fine and this, but when it's a room full of people that I don't know, yeah, it's yeah. just like I feel a lot more like, uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Fucking so, hell. so then, so then, um, it was like, okay, so if you come back, although you're signed to the end of the season, if you come back, I'm going to make you train with the under 13s. And when I looked in his eyes at that point, I I knew he was a good guy, and I knew he was under pressure, and I knew in his heart he really wanted me to go, man. And at that point, I was just like. I was like, don't worry about it, I won't come back. And I remember sitting in a train station, just it was uh, pitch black after I'd been at the club. And after I spoke to him at King Tut's, um, it was like kind of pissing a rain, man. I was on the phone to him, this was the last phone call I had to him. And I remember like, trying to like carry an amplifier, like some old amp through like the pissing rain and stand in there like, fuck. And I took my amp, amp down the stair and we went on and played. I remember Alan McGee had came to the gig that night and and he he'd come up at the end of the gig, he'd walked up to the side of the stage and um you know, everybody in the venue kinda of parted like that because they all knew he was there. He's seen Oasis and King Tuts and all that and everybody knew that. Yeah, right, yeah. And I knew that before. So he was like the first guy that really got to know the band. But it was weird because I was just like, This is bizarre. Like, you know what I mean? This happening because I'd just been going for like don't come back up the stairs in the pissing rain and I was thinking what am I going to do it's the only money that I that I it was little money anyhow how am I going to eat how am I going to have electricity I was, I was already struggling mm-hmm. and then just feeling like and then when you get down you go on stage everything disappears man 
you know, everything goes, man. And you're in another, you're, you've walked into that other room. You know what I mean? So then it's funny how things work out. Jesus, you know? James. That's like you literally just described the film. You've li- you have just des- you've just described the first twenty minutes in a, of a in a movie, like or like the, the the crucial moment in a film. That's fucking mental. That's mental. You like literally one career ends, another one begins in one fucking night. I know that is crazy. What we? I'm sure that. Sorry, go on. I'm sure that. So I'm sure that you've and everybody's probably got those times in your life that it was looking at a certain way, and then out the blue and. It's. I'm sure that everybody's got like d- different. And it's. It's cool, man. It's cool. It's fascinating. All that stuff. You know what I mean? Were you like a Pat Nevin? Were you like a, like a flying winger? <sighs> um. I. Uh, a bit. A bit. I think I was. I mean, I never really. I think that I've, I should have probably have said more about it at the time. But I, I never. I, I never really realised that. I never. I never really enjoyed playing just in that position. Yeah. I went to one team and. The manager played me just behind the forwards, and that year was like the best season that I had. And um, if the game felt easy, you know, but then I would go to the next team, and at that time they would be saying, "No, we play with a four-four-two, or we play with a, we're not playing with that system." So, you know, and the game felt easy, but when I played there, you know what I mean. But then when you're playing wide, you, you're depending on how the team's playing. There's all these other things that, you know, does your centre midfielder receive it for the fullback, and does he turn, right. and does he go play it wide, or are we just kicking the ball up and you're just running back and forward? Then it's a fucking yeah. just like it's a gamble. You know? gamble who, what team you're going to play? For. Oh man, I could talk uh, football with you all. Are you sorry? Who do you support? I support Celtic. Celtic. Okay, I didn't want to. I didn't want to presume because I didn't. I didn't <laughs> want the phone call to suddenly end. Um, no, I, I, it's like uh, the other guys in the team they support uh, Rangers. Yeah, um, you know, so it's like I mean, it's like mostly in Glasgow. I think your your family yeah. is a big part of who you support. But but then again, Paul's dad supports Celtic, so that's bizarre. But you have that- But I don't think he's a, he's not a mad he's not a mad football fan. But I think that is more Celtic I think you know what I mean but uh, but Paul's like a total Rangers fan yeah he's you know he's and uh, and Rab's a Rangers fan although me and Rab are cousins what do you think but dad is a Rangers fan what the, what, what's happened to the the um, SPL what the fuck they literally just said I mean look man maybe you agree with it but they literally just said that's it we voted season ends poor old fucking heart is that what's happening yeah yeah they voted they voted to like basically so I don't get newspapers I don't like so uh, like you, do you know oh. what I mean it's like fuck if we landed we landed on the moon James yeah, yeah. so basically so, yeah. is this what's happening aye? yeah yeah and, and um, they've just decided to all teams have voted to stop the lit just end it now and hearts have been relegated they've got they're going to carry on the cup ties I think behind closed doors or whatever um <laughs> Fucking hell. So what happened to, is there a winner of the league? Well, who, who, who was basically top at the time, I guess. All right. Okay. You know, which is like probably, I don't know, one or two. I so thick I. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's why it's won the league. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it says it says the guy who, who can't bear to miss football, like, dude, turn on your phone, put on the Wi-Fi. Do you know what I mean? No, I, do you know what it is? I tell you what it is, right? The things that I watch normally, I've been like I've been watching things like 
I don't, I've had it on the background, like you see, like, I love like the, 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 Graham Soon is talking about. So it'd be like each day on Sky Sports, yeah. they would have that, like, you know, it'd be Gary Neville and Carragher and Soonis and stuff. But there's, but I've, I've not actually. I think more BT has got like uh, some bits of Scottish football and what's what's happening. Yeah, they do. Yeah. But there's not really a bit on. On I don't go and like I don't go and like I should go on some social media things, but I don't really go and I only go and like um, let's Sky Sports. Yeah. But what? But I've not actually went on the news in it, Matt. So I've missed that one. That must. Do you know what? I actually seen. I actually seen some. Do you know what it was? I seen some headline about that. And see, because it's been fucking passing about back and forward, back and forward, back and forward. I think I, I saw the the headline of that and just thought it's another. This is what's going to happen. Right. Yeah. I didn't. That's actually what had happened because I know there was a vote, wasn't there? Yeah. There was a vote, in the, yeah. and it was was it the low division teams that voted? I, I don't I don't know, but my my nephew Aiden, who's a Hearts fan slash Dunfermline slash Scott uh, Southampton fan, he um. That's a torrid. That's a torrid. He's that's yeah, a hard time. Fucking Dunfermline, Jesus. There's Christ. people like that out in the world that I respect. Yeah, mate. He's he's. There's people that are willing to go through that kind of pain. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Presumably, you're not putting Southampton in that level, that category of pain. No, you've got, no, yeah. that was, that was yeah. The, yeah. You'd never I'm, do that. Also, I was never. No. No, no. I mean, like. But you've got. Actually, do you know what Southampton have got? Like, I mean, so like, so you've got um, the. Celtic, uh, what's his name? A Foster, or is he at Rangers? No, no, who's that? Uh, what position? The, oh, Elianusi. No, no, no. Um, oh, uh, Southampton. Was it? I'm sure it was. I Southampton. He went to win it. So, obviously, Armstrong. Uh, Armstrong. Yeah, yeah, Armstrong. He's fucking. Aye, um, he's up. He's not bad. He's he's quality. But... Yeah, he's, do you know what? He is a good. He is a really good player. Yeah. I know that. I know that he's not really been playing that much. Can I think? Well, he was. Who's this? Go on. Sorry. Who's the striker again? Um, for Saints, we've got. Um, oh my god, little guy. Oh my god, this is a quiz, and I'm failing. Um, oh my god, come on, Will, for Christ's sake, small oh, guy, hey. small motherfucker. Hey. Score, oh, Danny hey. Ings, Jesus. Aye, Ings. Aye, it's exhausting. Aye, he's. Aye, he's 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 looking good, man. Yeah, he's looking really, really good. But like, you know, you just don't want when they press play on the Premier League again. What the what's that? What the, what's that going to happen there? But. I mean, what about Big Van Dyke? Oh, fuck me, Van Dyke. I mean, do you see when he was with Selic? I, I remember this being like... Because yeah. I remember there was one of the World Cups or the European Championships that Holland never took him. Yeah. I remember saying at the time, see this fucking guy, they've not took him to this championship. They should have fucking took him. Yeah. And they were like, I bet he's only with Celtic. I was like, this guy is he's different. When he plays for Celtic, you just, you th- you, no matter if it's in the Champions League against fucking Bayern Munich or something, it doesn't look exposed. Yeah, it, it doesn't. Although he's playing Celtic, there might be goals scored against Celtic, but the ball is never near him when, when the goal gets not his position or whatever. When, when my wife and I st- first started going out, we our first three, four dates were Southampton orientated. Our first date was watching them in the Europa League, crash out of the Europa League, and I cried. Um, <laughs> but but I did get a kiss, um, and then we went to Norwich at home. We won three 0 and then West Brom. We went away. And that was Van Dyke's first game, and it was, in, it was imperial. Man. I remember, I remember you one of you one of the guys booing him because I remember when he was wanting to go to Liverpool. And do you know the thing I, I thought was good about him? It was like, do you know what? I was watching the game that he was playing, and when he he, he just he was like crazy European. He was like, I want to go. Yeah, I've got my sights set on this, and this is where I fucking want to go, and this is where I should be. It was quite like 
it wasn't very British about it, you know what I mean? It's kind of like, it was just like, fuck it, I want to go, man. I'm looking at myself, man, yeah, that's yeah, that. So then all the fans were booing him. I don't know if you remember this. The fans were booing him at the start of the game, the Southampton fans. Yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. the ball rolled back to him for like kickoff. And he just fucking, pure slow motion, just took a touch, like looking about. And then just fucking zinged it, man. Like fucking 40 yards to somebody. You know, and you're just like, wow. Fuck. Aye, because it's like the guy, the guy's got, you know what I mean? It's like fucking all the voices just like, yeah. and it was just like the pressure on these. Like, yeah. And we got Victor, but, yeah, we got Victor Wanyama from you guys as well, I think. Oh, aye. Yeah. Aye. There's been quite a few, there's been quite a few players. Yeah. We, well, we got, um, didn't we get um, Fraser Foster as well? Or was, aye, aye. And, and like, we've we've had a good connection with Scottish, well, with, with Celtic, but like, it just hasn't, it's clearly this podcast is not about football, but I mean, fuck it it's just one of those things where you just <laughs> it, when the wheels fall off they really fall off and we're lucky to escape relegation but with you guys it's like celtic it doesn't fucking matter if you were deducted man i'm probably pissing all over your chips here but like if you were deducted 15 yeah. points at the start of a season do you think you would actually matter well this season it was actually tighter which i yeah. was quite surprised at. i was surprised at that but no i'm with you i, I mean it, it's there's there was something about even if, I mean, if you think about back to the eighties or whatever, and it was like uh, Aberdeen, Dundee United, Hearts being in, like they were on finals, the European uh, finals. You know what I mean? Um, and the the whole even the Scottish football in general. I mean, they see the days like you hear Sunus on like Sky Sports. When you think back to the days of Graham Sunus, yeah, and they, that that team that they had. You know what I mean? It's like so. I think that. It's it's like if there was more comp if 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 there was if it was tighter in the Scottish League, our national team would be better and the whole thing would connect. Would would be better. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um but so although I'm a set of diehard Celtic fan and all that, but Rangers and, and the troubles they, they get into, um, being like, you know, with the, the money problems and all that, it's like in a way that a lot of Celtic fans could be thinking, "Oh, ha ha, that's that's good." Yeah. Really, you need, yeah, you, you kind of need that. You, you need it. You need them. You, what, you know right, what I mean? Yeah, you, absolutely. It's like fucking politics. You know, we needed a fucking opposition for the last like five years, but we haven't really had one. And it's like we need like fucking yeah, absolutely. You need to keep them true, right? You need two two entities to kind of give each other grief right. to like push each other on. Even if, even if there was more, that would be even better. Yeah, you know. What I mean? I mean, like, I remember. I remember back in the day. You, you never knew what was going to happen. I mean, you know, I mean, Aberdeen would come to Celtic Park, and you'd be thinking, "Fuck, I, I, I hope we win, but I don't know if we're going to win the day." Yeah. You know, that's what it was like then. It's mad. Yeah, it's, and it's better yeah. like it's better like that. It does maybe a bit more heartache involved. Mate, you've got but yeah, it's good, but when it's good, then it's good. You've got to have the heartache. You know, you've got to. Uh, you know, that's where you're. You know, that's why. You're a great songwriter. You understand the process of heartache, right? You know, you understand that, <laughs> that, that the need for it, man. Like, it's kind of important. Like, what, what the... I've got one of their faces, haven't I? You've got one of those faces. That, understand, that understands pain. <laughs> <laughs> James is pointing to his lovely face. Um, have, you, have you ever been told how much you look like Joe Strummer? Or is that just like a constant yeah. pain in your ass or something? Yeah, no, no. I've, got, I've, I've been told. I've, I've been told loads of times. Yeah. And then... Um, uh, I, 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 the Joe was one of the Joe was the first guy that I ever met in music um, that was you know a musician because 
me and Rab went to a, um, a gig one night that Joe Strummer was playing, and I never, I never knew the Clash music or anything like the thing. This was way back. It actually came through a football agent in Scotland who was the agent of one of my friends who played in the same team at Cowden Beef. And uh, it was just a pure kind of strange fucking, do you want to go to a gig in the Barlands and the guest list? Because my agent says that he, and I was like, who is it for? Oh, Joe Strummer. Aye, aye, all right, cool. So me, Rab and Paul went down. This is this is when, before the band started, we were just pals and that, and we went down to the gig and um, we had these part, uh, after sta- uh, after show party things. So we didn't know the etiquette in that, and we were a bit like, you know, Rab is like, fuck, there's free sandwiches and all that, free crisps, free, free beer and all that. So we were just like a pack of fucking, you know what I mean, pure like desperate fucking hyenas. Man, like, <laughs> and so we never knew the etiquette, right? So I walked over to the dressing room door. Everybody was standing in this room and I was like, fuck it. I never get to come to these places. I want to like go like uh, and see what's what's here. Yeah. So I opened up the door, the dressing room door, which I never knew that at the time. Opened up the door. And it was just pure, like, like you know, nobody in the room, not, like, except Joe. So Joe was sitting down at the end of the the dressing room, and he's putting stuff into a bag. And I just remember him looking up and looked at me, and I remember thinking, and I just went back outside the door, the dressing room. I didn't say anything. I just it was a kind of weird looking at each other, and I just backed through the door like slowly. Mate, I have. And then, yeah. then, then, so then he came out of the dressing room. Yeah. And he came out, he, he was standing around and it, there was, I remember this woman, say, uh, the, the Mescalaros was the band that Joe was playing with and the, the band, the Liverpool band, the Coral, were supporting that night. So the Mescalaros came over to us, me, Rab and Paul, and said, are you the Coral? And we were like, yeah. <laughs> and and it, they were like, they were like, fucking great gig, great gig tonight. And we were like, thanks, thanks. And I remember that was the first ever compliment that I got. <laughs> no, it wasn't really for me, but I took it as my own. I felt like I deserved that. So uh, so then, and I remember this woman was standing next to his well husband, and she said to Joe Strummer, so Joe came out with a wee tiny joint in his mouth, and the woman said, like, my husband's too nervous to speak to you. And the guy was pure trembling, and I just thought, why the fuck is he nervous speaking to this fucking guy? Looks at, looks at my uncle or something. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't get it. Yeah. And me and my own, my own little sort of a, like, you know, everything should be about me. I, I, do you know what I mean? My own, like, and I was just like, why the fuck's this guy trembling to him? Right. And and, and I, I never got it. And so then Joe Strummer turned around and I said, do you want to sign my, I just denim jacket at the time. Do you want to sign my jacket? And he, and he was just like at this tiny joint, and he slid the pen. I mean, I love it. That's what you do when you, although you don't even know who he is, you don't know his music, but you just ask him to sign it because this guy's trembling out here, so it's like something you do, right? Right, yeah, yeah. So and uh, so he went to sign the jacket. He was signing it here, and uh, and I said, "Don't fuck it up, man." Because I wear this. I said, "Don't fuck it up," because I wear this all the time. And uh, and it was this weird moment, man, where he just he was signing it, and he just looked up like that. And and I was looking down, and it was just like, it was like the bit in Back to the Future where there's a younger one, an older one, and then she goes forward and meets. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it was, it, it, there was something kind of, there was something kind of weird about it. There was something I, I wish I still had that. It's like, 
that jacket. Oh, God, uh, man, I was going to say, if you still got it, oh my God. I don't know if it is, I don't know if it is somewhere, but I do remember that the signature in time had kind of faded, but yeah. Uh, but I remember coming home one day and uh, and it was like the denim jacket when I was staying with my, uh, with my mum when I was younger. It was like, my denim jacket was in a basin, just like steaming in the basin, but she'd pulled the shoulder out of the water so that the Joe Strummer thing was didn't get washed. Okay, yeah. It's just that it was that sweet. It's such that, a sweet. That is, that is. To, to walk in and you see like the soap and stuff, and then the shoulders like outside the water. Oh my god, that is adorable. <laughs> that is so because like in in the in in the other conversation, it's like uh, I came home and my mum was washing my jacket. And she said, "I've scrubbed that shit off your jacket." <laughs> and it's like, oh, no, no. What does it matter now? Does it? Because it's fucking. I oh, actually, you know, it's funny. I, I, when I used to go and see bands like. Um, you guys, I used to have um, a tweed jacket that I got in a secondhand shop that fitted me like a like fucking James Bond or something, you know. <laughs> and it and I think I got someone to sign that a few times, but the sweat, oh my god, it was disgusting. But like, you know, everything used to get rubbed off on it. But like when you how do you wash that? You can't. Even. But with the, this is the thing, right? I put it in the fucking wash, not knowing that it's tweed, and it was fucking ruined. That that jacket was legendary, man. Like it had the badges, it had everything, it had the sweat of thousands of gigs in it. It was just absolute <laughs> fucking heartbreaking. Like Chelsea boots with the 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 bottom of the boot all worn out to pieces, man. Like oh, it's heartbreaking when I had to give those up. Like beer mat in the bottom of it, you know that kind of stuff. And what kind of was that a suit jacket or something? Was it like that, or was it was it a tweed? It was just pure. I imagine that. Yeah, it was just a pure. It, do you know what? This fucking tweed jacket is more famous than me because it got on the second or third page of the NME when I stay. I, I crashed the, the stage, uh, Dingwalls, and mm. uh, the Von Bondies were playing. And I was sorry. This is going to bore the crap out of people because I already I already referenced this to John Harris, the music journalist, the other day. And I got. It was me. I was me prompted right. for this. Yeah. Uh, this explanation, right? Okay. So I'll take the. I'll take, okay. And like, the fucking the, the stage invasion. It was amazing. The enemy guy took a picture. Two days later, it's. I'm opening it in my little village, right? Going through the enemy Wednesday morning, opening it, going through it, and I'm like, oh my god, that that's my back. So my my jacket, my <laughs> fucking back got on in the shot and this girl's standing in front of me and she's she's obscuring my fucking face and i was like oh i think i was bending down to pick up a a, a symbol for the drummer it had fallen over because of this fucking stage invasion i was like oh god so close so close you know so the jacket the jacket loves on then no and and the, and, the, and the music history books it's dead mate it's died <laughs> it, it, yeah i mean exactly you know if i can find the issue god knows which one it is but um well, Try to, try to meet my fiance, Molly. Yeah, 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 Molly. Yeah, let's say hello. Hello, Molly. Hiya. Hello, <laughs> Molly. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm all right, actually. How's that lasagna? Oh, it's looking beautiful. I've I've not done anything with it. It's all James. Oh, really? what? I'm just keeping it hot. So this isn't this isn't like Waitrose or Sainsbury's. This is a you've made it. I didn't want to criticise you when you were talking about no cooking and all that. I, I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to be that guy. So, but now that Molly's, now that Molly said that, then yeah, well, no, it's um, it's made. I've made it. You you made but, it. But 
No, really made it, but I made it kind of a. But I've used like the sauce that was like it wasn't my sauce. So basically, you've taken it out of a like a, a, the package and poured sauce on it, right? Oh no, no, I, I, I like so I, I made, I made let's say meatball pasta, um, uh, lasagna. So I made them. I done the meatballs first, and then put mushrooms in it and stuff like that, and then put the offer. Oh, this is um, this is turned. So it's went to like. A, <laughs> A music program, <laughs> a football program. So cookery. That's good. And I know very, I, I know little about it. It's like jack of all trades. Yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. And then no, but I, I put like um, the, the, it was like a glass jar with the with the sauce in it that I stirred in with the stuff. And then I had to do the fucking pasta stuff or the layers. Yeah, yeah. And all that. So aye, that's it. Wasn't a microwave one. If that's what you mean. You know, you're shaming me. That's fine. I take your point. <laughs> you know, but fuck it. I don't care. Um, how's your how's your day been, Molly? Uh, it's been good. Yeah. I've just been uh, working. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm I'm lucky because I get to work from home, so that is nice. And what else? I've been sunbathing. Is it? It's been hot down here. What's it like up there? Uh, it's, it was roasting, I but it was so in one of the rooms at a certain time. It's like the sun. It's like she was the sunbathing in the room. Right. Yeah. Aye. Yeah. Aye. I'm not. I'm not leaving the house. You can, you can <laughs> sunbathe outside for fuck's sake. Have you got like a wee garden or somewhere you can go and sit or anything? Well, just, I don't know. We've, I, I we've guess, got a wee but... space for like where the where the bins are. Right, where the bins are in yeah. the back. But then, but the, but it's like a, one of the old kind of closes that we stay in. So we, there's other people that live here. Yeah. Also, like you know, sunbathing by bins. You know, who wants to do that? You know, I'm one of the, no, I'm one of these weirdos. It wouldn't be the bins that would bother me. It'd be the humans, the possibility of humans being there right. that would bother right. me. Right. Yeah. Okay. Not the stench bins, of shit or bins and the garbage. Yeah. I'm fine. I'm fine in that in that arena. Yeah. But it's the possibility of humans maybe looking at their window and just looking at me or something like that. I'm a weirdo. I'm quite happy in here, in the shade. Even when I went into that other room when she was lying in there. Yeah. And I felt like two minutes and I could feel that like I was getting burnt. Yeah, really. Well, you know, without being too stereotypical, you know, it's got to, <laughs> Scottish people struggle with the sun sometimes, you know, with the uh, with the fairness, with the fair skin. And now I'm sounding like it's Larry just, David. I just, no, I mean, look, we'll rap. My cousin, he's... He's just like he he could sit all day. Yeah, I I just I, I can't handle it, man. Mate, I've got Scottish heri- Scottish heritage, right? My dad's side of the family, big time, big time, right? Um, the, we're from like Tweedsmuir, which is on like the borderlands in um Dun or the Dumfries and Galloway or whatever the fuck, and I go brown as soon as the, t- the sun hits me. So you know. Mm. It's a wonderful thing. It's a beautiful. I lucky, yeah, lucky, yeah. I yeah, love yeah. You know, sorry, I'm, I'm that kind of guy. Mo- Mo- sorry, Molly. Is that because is that because I was talking about the dinner that I made? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so it is. I'm back. Yeah, yeah I, haven't, uh, I haven't got any. That's all I can do though. I can... That's one each, and let, maybe we should wrap it up on that note. Then. Yeah, yeah. Fair play, mate. Yeah, <laughs> chill out, son. Um, but yeah, no, Molly. Thank you so much for your time. You're a sweetheart. You're a lovely person for putting up with this. Um, <laughs> this has really been one of the most <laughs> random <laughs> conversations That's... ever. That's pasty looking shit football. Yeah. Oh God. Well, ex footballer. Unless, of course, you still play five aside. I, I, not really. Oh, no. no, he's I no. I he keep went, it coming. Uh, well, uh, he went out and played, and when there was a storm, that was a good night, wasn't it? Nice. Played. Oh, it was just, play. uh, that, I'm just. I'm just. Like, the thing is, when I'm talking, I can control. Um, my, like, I can spin the story the way I want it. Right. But now that she's involved, <laughs> I don't want to do that, darling. 
Yeah. When I asked you to when I asked you to come out, that was a basically it's a hi, bye. It was you know kind of thing. It wasn't. It wasn't like. It wasn't like don't start expressing thoughts that you've got. Like Where did you guys meet anyway? That's a long story. It's a long story. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy your lasagna. Keep that for part two, right? We'll do this again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do part two. We can talk about football. And I actually really wanted to get off the first album and maybe into the second one. And then you've got this this awesome uh, like demo kind of thing as well. If there's any questions you want to ask, just, just arrange it and we'll just do other bits or whatever. No bother. 